Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 255, which we are recording live and together for the first time since COVID started. And today is Thursday, October 7th. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And it's a very special occasion because we're actually together. So you will hear some ambient, adorable bird noises because Charlene has a beautiful backyard full of birds. It's delightful. And this might be a little bit shorter episode than normal. It might be. Life has been life and something sad has happened. Some of you know that my dad has been not well. He has been suffering with dementia for years and years, and he did finally pass away a couple of weeks ago. So I am working through that. My knitting has taken a blow, of course. Most things have taken a blow in in my life right now. So we're just... We're just here, and thank you for listening today. I brought her a boba, and we're hanging out <laughs> together in the backyard. So hopefully that and recording recording always cheers me up at least a yes. little bit. So. Yes. All right. What are you wearing? Yes. That and my Donner sweater cheers me up. Yay. <laughs> you know, I, I put this on today, and I was thinking, okay, am I really going to talk about this sweater one more time <laughs> yes, on you the podcast <laughs> because I have worn this sweater. It's been top of the pile, we've said, all summer. And though September, October are generally some of the warmest months in this part of coastal California, it's not super hot today and our my house is still a little chilly inside. So I have been wearing this sweater off and on, and as I mentioned last time I wore it, I'm really noticing the wear and tear. Oh, I'm showing showing Gail some strands that have broken from the linen. It's a linen and cotton yarn called Lindy Chain, and the yarn itself is made up of several plies, and I have tiny single plies that have broken from the sweater and are dangling in several places. Little dangly bits. <laughs> Little, yes. <laughs> so I do need to find yarn to make a replacement donner because this one has seriously been worn. And donner is a sweater by Elizabeth Doherty. It is a slightly oversized loose-fitting pullover, and I've just worn this one to pieces. But those little danglers, you could easily pull those to the inside. I probably... Trim them and pull yeah, them to the inside. Yeah, I probably will. Yeah. It looks like it has a lot of life left in it to me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that, because... This is a very comfortable sweater. <laughs> it looks like the perfect linen summer top is what it looks like to me. It really is. Mm-hmm. And yesterday when we had... Yesterday was downright cold. It was, it was cold. foggy yeah. all day. There were even a few little sprinkles yes, in our house. There it were. was so exciting. That's right. That's right. I wore it with a long sleeve t-shirt underneath and it worked fine. Yeah. So very versatile summer sweater. So that's Donner. By Elizabeth Doherty. What are you wearing, Gail? I am wearing my latest shawl FO, the Calico Shawl by Don Barker, which is the assigned pooling design, and I love it. I'm wearing it with a cute little dress, and Charlene commented on it almost immediately, which was super sweet because it's the first time I've worn either the dress or the shawl. And it's just a remarkable finished object because the way the assigned pooling works, no two shawls would ever be exactly the same. Even if you had the same colorway, they wouldn't be exactly the same because of your tension and your particular skein, the way it was dyed. It's just such a unique piece of knitwear. I really, really like it. And because our weather's getting cooler, I've decided that I'm going to try to wear a shawl every day at oh, least for the month of October, cool. challenge myself to see if I should keep Excellent. knitting them or just give them all away. 
And yesterday I wore one of my shawls that I knit with hand spun yarn from Robbie. And it was, it is a pink gradient. And I went to the farmer's market. I don't go out that often. So (laughs) going out dressed in normal clothes instead of going out in my running clothes. And I was standing in line at the farmer's market and a little girl in front of me said, hi, I like you. You're wearing all pink. And sure (laughs) enough, I was wearing pink head to toe, except for my gray tennis shoes. So it was very cute. (laughs) So I'm going to try to do a shawl a day in October. Yesterday, I forgot to write down the name of the shawl, but it was a pink shawl. And today it's my calico, which is kind of a beige, natural beige color with the beautiful pooling clusters of purple and the little bits of yellow. Nice. I love that. A shawl a day. I wish you had told me. Well, I just started this idea yesterday. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you started October 1st. No, I'm not that organized. I'm going to do it too. Let's do it. (laughs) It's a challenge. Okay. Okay. What have you been stocking? Well, so every year at this time, we, and by we, I mean consumers, we are absolutely pummeled with pumpkins. And I had to say that, pummeled with pumpkins. (laughs) So there are pumpkin spice everything and decorative gourds. It's just every year. And every year, without fail, somebody on Ravelry comes up with the either felted or knit pumpkin or crocheted pumpkin, as if there were no other patterns every year somebody (laughs) comes up with a new one okay not criticizing there's probably differences in gauge or whatever but yes every year somebody comes up with one so this year's offering is actually a little set of patterns called the fall harvest charm set by susan b anderson and it includes the little pumpkin of course an acorn, a pine cone, slash bunch of grapes. I say that because I couldn't tell if, I, at first I thought it was a bunch of grapes, and then I realized, oh, it must be an acorn. Or, I mean, a pine cone. And then a leaf. Here's oh, the, that's cute. Doesn't that look like a little bunch of grapes? It does. I would have guessed the same thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... The idea is that you make multiples of each of these little seasonal icons, the acorn, the pine cone, the pumpkin, and the leaves, and put them on a string and you display them as a little seasonal garland. It's very cute. It's very, very cute. And it just caught my eye because, like I said... Every year we are pummeled with pumpkins. (laughs) I love recording in person. This is so awesome. (laughs) And then the second thing I am stalking, we were just saying that I haven't worked or stocked a shawl for most of the summer. Mm -hmm. And I am not sure why other than just being enamored of my sweaters, I suppose. But there is a new free pattern on Ravelry from Kelly McClure, who is the designer of the sock head slouch hat, which apparently everyone has made multiples of because there are 25,000 projects for this hat on Ravelry. And this new shawl pattern by Kelly McClure is called the Silly Heart Shawl. And it's full of texture, which, you know, I love textural knitting. It is, it has a knit on edging that you can do in a contrast color, or you could do the same color as well. Her sample uses a contrast color. Her sample, by the way, is knit in gray and pink, which of course caught my eye immediately. (laughs) Same. (laughs) (laughs) And so the knit on edging uses just a little bit so you can use scraps of a contrast color which of course is always appealing and the other nice thing about a knit on edging is that you don't have that big long bind off usually 
I haven't looked at her pattern, so I suppose I shouldn't say that without knowing for sure. But usually when it's a knit on edging, you just knit as you go instead yeah. of having the big long bind off. So if you dislike big long bind offs, this might be one to check out. But there's only a handful of projects so far on Ravelry because it is a relatively new pattern. Looks like, yes, page created October 3rd, so just a, a few days ago. But it does, one of the projects is made with a multicolored yarn, so it looks like a pattern that you can also knit with a multicolored yarn, and sometimes those kind of patterns are hard to find. Things that you can knit with those multicolored skeins that you pick up when you think the skein looks beautiful, and then you get it home, and you're not sure what to knit with it. <laughs> Malabrigo, we're talking to you. <laughs> I have so many single skeins of Malabrigo that are so beautiful. And then you get them home and think, hmm, what exactly am I going to knit with this? Well, I hope this shawl experiment is successful for you. I hope so, too. Don't get rid of your shawls, Kale. <laughs> no, I would, give, I would gift them to people who are worthy, but still, they're all so pretty. So and yes. you can't stop knitting them, either, because they're so fun to make. They are fun to knit. And then the third thing I am stocking is another seasonal item this one for halloween this one is a pattern by einor birkenbayerba who is the designer of the center point popover that i stalked a couple of episodes ago it's that really cool pullover that looks like it's made in quarters or diamonds or triangles not diamonds and then it all comes together. It's a very interesting pattern that I need to go back and stock again to see if there are more projects for. But I'm not talking about that one right now. The one I am talking about is called Princess Leia's Knitted Wig. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you have seen this one, Oh, yeah. Too. It's awesome. Yes. So perfect for Halloween if you or someone you are knitting for desires to have Princess Leia from Star Wars, of course, the famous uh, sweet rolls on the side of the head hairdo. <laughs> and it's a knit hat and it's got big buns on the side of the head. It's amazing and cool. And I have to say, I love it. Old school Star Wars. Yes. Yes. We're talking original Princess Leia. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Very, very cool. And it's a free pattern. And if you start it now, you too can sport Princess Leia's buns on the head by <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> and that is by Ainur Birkenbayeba. What are you stalking, Gail? So I also am stalking three things, one of which I think just came out today. Oh, it's called the Gartrell crew and it's by tannis laval from tannis fiber arts she has a gartrell cardigan as well so this is the pullover crew neck version of the cardigan and it's a raglan top down striped crew neck sweater so very standard something i would like but what's really cool about it is that it's striped and knit in separate pieces, I would assume, maybe the body's worked in one piece and the sleeves are worked individually, but then they're seamed together at the raglan join, so the sleeves are mismatched stripes from the body, which oh. is very different from what you normally see right, because in hand knits. Oftentimes, designers try to write their patterns very carefully so that they match yes this is deliberately mismatched oh i like that I, it's really <laughs> cute and really bright and vibrant and i just really as soon as i saw her cardigan i thought that's really cool but i don't know what i really knitted as a cardigan and then when i saw it as a pullover i thought okay i might just have to knit this because it's so darn cute and i don't think seaming at a raglan join is as difficult as some seeming I can imagine like a set-in sleeve I'm not real fond of seaming those but a raglan would be a lot easier I agree so yes. 
Perhaps that's in my future. And she designed hers with DK weight yarn, but I could easily, I'm sure, do some gauge math and do it in fingering weight and or hold fingering doubled. So I think it would be a good option for scraps of yarn, especially if you have big chunks of scraps. Mm -hmm. So that's the Gartrell Crew by Tannis Laval. I'm also stocking a shawl. It's the Slippy V Crescent by Stephen West. It's one of his newer designs. It's a fingering weight crescent, and he uses four colors with a contrasting color of mohair silk lace weight worked in a a slip stitch that's a V over the top of the striped area. So it's a top down. I think the top of the triangle or crescent is garter stitch, solid color. And then you start striping the, the four different colors and do the slip stitch V of the mohair silk on top of that. So it gives mm. it a really, really cool look. Just really pretty. And of course, one of the designs was all pink. So it caught my eye immediately. <laughs> there might've been some orange in it. But when I looked at it, the first thing I thought was that beautiful, big skein of fingering weight. That's a gradient that I got from Infinite Twist not very long ago oh. would be beautiful in that shawl. So either a contrasting color for the solid portion, or I'm sure I can find a skein in my stash that goes with that gradient. And then a contrasting silk mohair on top of the gradient part of the shawl would be beautiful. So I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. And I think the shawl, typical Stephen West fashion, it's like 1300 yards. So it's a massive undertaking, but I'm sure you could probably make it smaller or larger if you wanted to. Yeah depending on what you have. And my skein of the gradient fingering is something like 700 yards. So I think it would be perfect mm -hmm. for this. So that's the Slippy V Crescent by Stephen West. And then the last thing I'm stocking is the Sumeric by Gudrun Johnston. And she calls this a smock dress. I kind of thought it was like a pinafore dress. It's really cute. It is a bottom-up dress with patch pockets and color work on the bib, is what I'm calling it, the top section. And it's interesting because you work the color work as a tube and then you steak it. And then when you're done, you do the shoulder straps. And the pockets, similarly, are knit in the round and steaked. And then you, you seam them onto the front of this cute little jumper slash Tunic. It's longer than a tunic. It's more like a mid-thigh dress. And I think the two pictures that they have of it styled, one woman is wearing pants under it, and I think the other is maybe in tights or maybe bare-legged. I don't remember, but it's really, really cute. And it's from her upcoming book, The Shetland Trader, book number three, which has beautiful, amazing color work. And it also has really cool just modern dresses that have just a little bit of color work and our friend Claudia test knit one of the dresses and I can't wait to see it on her but it's a just a beautiful knit dress with really big voluminous sleeves those giant bell sleeves with a little bit of color work mm -hmm. here and there in the in the dress it's really really pretty so that book is coming out soon Shetland Trader book three by Gudrun Johnston and the one I love the most is Surik. And what are you knitting? I'm looking at this glorious purple hand knit <laughs> in her lap. So in my hands right now, I am knitting the Hasukai from Hiroko Fukatsu. This is a knit in the round tube scarf or cowl or shawl. The ruffle is so pretty. The ruffle is really pretty. So wow. it's kind of an elongated scarf shape but it is knit in the round and one of the ways that the designer says you could wear it is as a cowl because it's made out of lace weight yarn so it's very very thin you could conceivably wear it as a cowl although if I made it as long as 
they stayed in the pattern, I think it would be too bunchy to wear as a cowl. I it think, would almost choke you. Yeah. She had a really I, long neck. I think if I were going to wear it in that manner, I would probably stop knitting about now. Yeah. And since I have a very large skein, a whole skein of so pretty currently discontinued Madeline Tosh lace yarn, which is almost 800 yards, I mm-hmm. believe, I am going to continue and won't wear it as a cowl, but I can wrap it around my neck or shoulders as either a scarf or a shawl. The tube itself does stretch out to be I don't know 15 inches 12 inches so I I could wear it either way we'll Mm -hmm. see how it we'll see how it how long it gets I'm not sure how my how my yarn is going to compare to the way the pattern was written I did change the tube part of the pattern because in the pattern, it is written as garter stitch. Oh. So you you do the whole thing in garter stitch. I did my ruffle in garter stitch. And then I decided that I would knit the, the tube part in stockinette. Because you didn't want to have to purl? Because I didn't want to have to deal with it. The re- whole reason I cast this on was to be a something simple, a travel project. Because I was heading out to a family event where I was going to be getting on a plane, traveling. We had a wedding in my family that had originally been put off from 2020. So I traveled to attend the wedding. And then the day I got back was when we realized that my dad was doing very very poorly so it it was kind of a it was yeah it was a very eventful week in the fact that we had the wedding and then immediately afterwards there was the death in the family so we went from one extreme to the other in terms of emotions you must have felt out of body like i did yeah yeah that's a good way to put it everybody in the family because we were just kind of jerked from one place to another mm-hmm. in terms of emotions and geography too because several people were at both events which were in different places in the country so mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is hasukai i'm glad that i cast this on because i have been working on it when i haven't been able to do much else for the past couple of weeks and there's some mistakes in it somewhere i'm not going to look too closely i just i i know that my stitch count is randomly somehow off but no one's ever going to know i don't think it's the kind of thing that you can really tell there are there's one place in the tube where there are increases and one place in the tube where there are decreases. So it creates a point on one side and then on the opposite side, it's kind of like an inverted point. So increases and decreases. And I think that I've been doing them properly. Obviously, at some point I didn't. (laughs) My stitch count is off, but I'm going with it. I'm not going to take that apart. No way. She's already knit tell? several feet. Yeah. Who can tell? Well, and it's such point. a happy color. Hopefully yeah. that's helping yeah. soothe things, just to have the yeah. pretty color in your hands. Well, you know, we have had the discussion on the podcast before about whether you want to work on something when something bad has mm-hmm. happened in your life. And I don't have those associations with this. I I had thought about that. Be- and I think it's because since my dad had been going downhill with dementia for so long, it wasn't necessarily unexpected. And it wasn't like, it wasn't 
as if he suddenly became ill and then were taken from us. It was something that had been happening gradually, gradually. Dementia takes the person away before they physically go. Yeah. Yeah. So. (laughs) Well, like I said, glad you have a colorful piece of art in your hand to, to knit with. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't feel a bad association with this. In fact, I feel kind of the opposite. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So you and I are each going to have a beautiful lace weight piece that we knit in remembrance. Kind of, this is going to always remind you of your dad. Yeah. And I knit the pink divvy Mm. in remembrance of my grandparents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So nice. we can wear our pretty like yeah. spring colored things together. Yeah. <laughs> Are you knitting anything else? Yeah, I actually knit a few rounds on one of my hats for donation. And then though I haven't picked it up yet, I'm pretty sure that my long summer cardigan will come back into regular rotation as well. Nice. Yeah. So what are you knitting? I have another hat for sailors in my hand and this pattern is the slip stitch stockinette beanie by chelsea clammer and i believe it's a free pattern i've had it in my queue for literally years i think and decided that i wanted to knit an easy ish hat for hats for sailors because these are the ones i usually carry around with me and don't want to be thinking too much mm-hmm. And this one I'm knitting in a non-superwash yarn. All my others have been superwash, but the leader slash organizer of Hats for Sailors said it doesn't matter now whether it's superwash or not, because apparently sailors don't wash their hats very often, (laughs) so they're not too concerned. So this one is by a now-retired dyer, Spencer Hill Dye Works, and it's naturally dyed. It's just a beautiful super soft worsted weight yarn and I'm really enjoying it just because it's so soft and I'm only still on the brim so I'm still in the ribbing and I'm not knitting quickly because I'm just enjoying the feeling of the yarn that's a nice feeling yeah it sounds kind of silly but it's true so this is the slip stitch stockinette beanie by Chelsea Clammer I also cast on a brand new project last night because the project that I cast on last week was giving me fits. So, (laughs) and I think I also needed more pink in my life. So last night I cast on the straw flower shawl by Cassini and Nadine. And I stocked this several episodes ago. And after I stocked it, I hand wound the yarn for it and put it in a bag and had it ready to go. So last night I was thinking, I need pink. I need pink. I know what I'm going to cast on the straw flower shawl. And I'm using Dragonfly Fibers Pixie, which is their single ply merino fingering weight. And this is striped with silk mohair. And for that, I'm using Suburban Stitcher's Silky Mohair in her sugar colorway. The Dragonfly Fibers is called Hot Pants. And it's neon almost pink. It's glorious, beautiful And because it's single ply, it kind of has that glow to it. And the sugar colorway from Suburban Stitcher is almost white with bits of pink, kind of not speckled so much, but little bits of pink here and there. So the two colors together are so pretty. (laughs) They're just making me so happy. And that shawl is interesting because it's an elongated triangle and you knit it in stripes. So Right now I'm striping garter stitch between the two yarns and pretty soon I'm going to do a bobble stripe will be stockinette in the darker, brighter pink and the mohair will be bobbles in that stockinette stripe. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that works Mm -hmm. up and how it looks. And then there are some lace stripes and it's just an interesting shawl. So I'm enjoying that. Again, I just cast it on. I've only knit, I think, eight stripes, but it's just so pretty. It makes me happy just to look at it. And the project that I cast on uh, probably a little over a week ago now, I cast on the Koi Tea by Ginkgo B, and I stocked this a while ago as well. It's my experiment for a cropped sweater top, and 
I modified a couple things. I modified the gauge because I didn't want as tight of a gauge. So I did the gauge math, cast on the size that I needed for my gauge. And then this particular sweater has a very open crew neck. And I don't prefer sweaters that have that open of a neck. I wanted more of a regular crew neck. So I did some more math and cast on fewer stitches, knowing that I would do more increases. And it's a top-down raglan, so that was fairly easy to do. This one in the raglan shaping area, there's a nine-stitch repeat of ribbing at each of the four raglan points. So I had to factor in all those numbers, and I thought I was so clever, and I'd done my math so well, and I knit a couple couple inches and thought, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I did not divide properly. I divided by the whole number of stitches, not counting in the nine stitch sections. So I had to rip it out and start over again and got it right, I thought. And then last night I was about ready to separate for sleeves and I counted all the stitches and all the sections and my sleeves had exactly the right number of stitches. I was like, okay, I'm ready to separate. Uh Well, then I decided to count the sleeves in the front and the back and I did move more stitches to the back of the sweater than the front on purpose because my back is broader than my front. And somehow I have the right number of stitches for both sleeves and I'm 40 stitches short total on the front and the back. I don't Mm. know what I did wrong in my math. It shouldn't have happened, but alas, (laughs) I tried it on last night before I separated for the sleeves and it seems like it's going to fit just fine. So I don't know. I think I'm just going to go for it and start knitting the body and then try it on again. And if it doesn't fit properly, then I'll have to rip it out again. Well, how can you say you're 40 stitches off if it fits properly? I don't know, right? (laughs) The the stitch count, according to the pattern, I am 40 stitches off. That's why I thought trying it on would just be a folly. Like, of course, it's not going to fit. I'm missing 40 stitches. But it appears to fit. So I really don't know what's going on with this. I'm sure I counted properly. I counted many times. You had 40 more stitches. It would be too big. I think you're right. So somehow it worked out. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Check in again next episode and we'll see how it goes because there's not a whole lot of body to it and it's short sleeved. So if the stitch count is going to work the way it is, I'll be done with it fairly soon. Right, right. Or I'll have ripped it all back. Who knows? <laughs> so it was one of those things where you count and go, what the heck did I do? How did I do this? You know, I look at this and I don't know how... I got off on a stitch count that remains constant <laughs> through the whole tube either. So, <laughs> And we were texting each other at the same time with these stitch count woes. How did I do this? I don't know. How did I do it? We were doing it at the same time. The two things I'm really enjoying about this project are, one, it's just fun to knit a top-down raglan that doesn't have that much going on. It's pretty much comfort knitting and the kind of sweater that I enjoy knitting. So that's been really fun. And the second thing is that I love this yarn. It's Derurum Natura, which is a French yarn company, and it's all French merino. So I believe it's somewhere near Provence that these sheep are raised. And the yarn is 90% merino and 10% silk. And the texture and springiness of the yarn reminds me of Rowan Calmer. If anyone ever had the joy of knitting with Rowan Calmer before they discontinued it, it it almost feels like there's elastic in it. Hmm. That's how Mm -hmm. stretchy the yarn and the fabric feel. It's kind of remarkable. It's very different than what I expected. (laughs) Like I said, the birds around. I love this. (laughs) The the sorbet colorway is a raspberry-ish pink. And when I had it out last night, I was using my pink project bag. That's the hurdy pattern that our friend Scully made a pink one for me and a purple one for Charlene. And I was wearing pink clothes as the girl in the farmer's market noticed. And apparently my stitch marker and my scissors were both pink. So when Josie walked past me, she said, oh, look, everything you're knitting matches. (laughs) All of my notions and everything really matched well. So it's my kind of color, obviously. And I just hope that I get a chance to find this yarn somewhere else because it's really nice. They make 
both the fingering. This is the fingering. It's called Albertine. And the they make a worsted weight as well, I believe, in the same 90-10 fiber content. So Dururum Natura. Very nice yarn. And that's what I've been knitting. We would like to thank our sponsor for the month, Infinite Twist. There's a special pleasure in giving materials a second life. Whether it's yarn scraps, reclaimed fabric, or even canceled postage, you can make some truly amazing things. May we invite you on a learning journey exploring sustainable crafting? Starting on November 1st, Infinite Twist is kicking off a year of e-courses focusing on sustainable materials. Subscribers get two video-based e-courses per month, each for a fun and useful finished object. We'll be knitting, sewing by hand and machine, making dolls and creatures, and I will even show you how I dye. We'll be upcycling old clothes and vintage linens, woolen mill scrap, yarn leftovers, and more into premium finished objects you'll love using, wearing, and having in your home. The introductory price for the course is $240, but Yarniax listeners can get 50% off. Visit infinitetwist.com and use code YARNIAX, all lowercase, at checkout to get your discount. Thanks, Kate. I'm excited for this. What have you finished? <laughs> I have finished a test knit that I did for Elizabeth Doherty. I've been talking about this one for several episodes now. And if you follow Elizabeth Doherty, who is Blue Bee Studio on Instagram, she has named this pullover the Pacific Crest. And she has a photo of it on her Instagram feed and I'll be posting pictures as soon as she releases the pattern but it is a slip stitch all over patterned pullover and I had such a fun time knitting this it is one gorgeous slip stitches are a little bit addicting for me because you knit one row or one round and then it changes up slightly on the next row to create this little patterning. And so slip stitch patterns are just different sequences of knit, knit, slip, slip, or slip, slip, knit in, in different sets of patterns. And they create little diagonal lines with the slip stitches or little arrows, stripes, and it's just so cool. So cool. It so is. It was very addicting to knit, like I said, because you're going around and around, the slip stitch pattern changes, you see the little patterns emerge, and then I used this new-to-me yarn that I just absolutely fell in love with. The yarn itself is from a dyer in the UK called Triskelion. And I say that questioningly because I'm not positive if, if that is how it is pronounced. Yes, but... listeners, help us out. You are really good <laughs> helping us with pronunciation. Yes, I believe it's Triskelion. It was a previously unknown dire to me and the base that I used which is particularly luscious is a single ply fingering 50% merino 50% silk and I am now completely in love with this base which when I go to the dyer's website is not on the dyer's website anymore yeah so that that about sums it up I'm by the time cry yes it's so pretty. <laughs> if i like something it's doomed <laughs> that's kind of true isn't it i feel when like you stop that. liking the really nice yarns <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> this is really a gorgeous gorgeous base and the color is like a bluey gray that's just yes. glows because of the yeah. silk content yeah so the silk it's a shiny silk so it has this lovely drape to it. The pullover is not, it's not hugely oversized. It's just loose fitting. And the silk helps with the drape. 
and then it picks up the slip stitch patterns in that it has this really beautiful sheen too. It's so pretty. So I'm going to be hunting down this base because <laughs> I assume if it was available at one time, other dyers probably used the same base too. So there may be other dyers that are creating colors with this same base. I don't know. We'll be on the hunt. Yeah, I'll be on the hunt for it. Well, I say we because now I want some too. The, I'm so bad. The fabric, it just came out so thin and light. It is. I was surprised I she really, handed it really to me. I really, like it. And it's so lightweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't look as lofty as it feels when you hold it. Yeah. Really It's gorgeous. Nice. I cannot wait to knit that. <laughs> so... Back to the pattern, the Pacific Crest pattern. It's a pullover. Like I said, it's got all these different slip stitch patternings, and it's over the entire body of the sweater. It's a circular yoke, so there are, I think, well, depending on, on your size, you have several places of increase built into the yoke, and the increases are built into the slip stitch pattern. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help but laugh out loud. There's a little scrub jay bathing itself in Charlene's bird bath, and it was just so totally poofed up. Which yeah. is my feathers. It was adorable. Sorry. Oh, well, that's okay. I was trying not to laugh, and I couldn't I love my birds. anymore. <laughs> She is one of our regulars, and she's announcing that she's having her bath. <laughs> she's calling all of her admirers. Yeah. She likes to bathe every day. She's so cute. So sorry to interrupt, but that was too cute to uh, not It mention. is really cute. And a lot of times she'll jump into the bath, and she'll get so soaked, so incredibly soaked. She really loves a bath that she can barely fly to the... <laughs> fence to dry off and then when she gets to the fence she sits in the sun and just preens it's really cute you think she'd be smarter than that with cats in the yard are well she's not afraid of them obviously yeah it's not afraid yeah and the cats i mean the cat is sitting there the cat doesn't care <laughs> Boo is asleep in the chair across from us yeah so that is the pacific crest by Elizabeth Doherty, soon to be released. What have you finished, Gail? I've finished a big one, too. I finished my long summer cardigan by oh, Hohi Locatelli. Wow. I'm all done. And I knit mine in Miss Babs Katahdin, which is a heavy lace or light fingering weight yarn. And it's this base is, I think I it's 100% BFL. I'm pretty sure it is beautiful yarn smells so sheepy and the colorway i used is autumn toad lily which is a special colorway and that name just sounds ridiculous doesn't it autumn well, toad autumn. lily but anyway beautiful yarn beautiful speckles and this is a top down open front cardigan that's very long if you choose to knit it that long of course mm -hmm. per the pattern it's very long and it's striped, so you have stripes that are both contrasting colors and different textures. So some of it is stockinette, and then some of it is a twisted rib. And in between that, you have the contrasting colors. And my contrast color was Western Sky Knits Merino 17 Fingering in the Winter Wheat colorway, which is a beautiful gold that picks up some of the gold speckles in the yarn. And the sweater is really pretty it's long and I can't wait to wear it it's way too warm to wear it now because it's just about to the back of my knees the Katahdin comes in a gigantic skein 1750 yards yeah. I think they yeah. also sell it in smaller skeins so you don't have to commit to such a giant skein <laughs> but I did so I had a lot of yarn and I decided well why not just knit long and it. see if I wear it or not. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the things I wanted to mention? Modifications. Mm, so yeah. this one, I think she calls it in the pattern, a modified drop sleeve or drop shoulder. And the way it's written, it's not as positive ease oversized as one of her boxies, but it's similar. There's a lot of positive ease. And I started with one size and then did increases periodically and then changed my needle size so that a 
I have a larger size on the bottom because mm-hmm. my bottom is bigger than my top. So I made that modification. And then for the drop sleeves, they start a little bit down on your shoulder. So they don't start at the top of where a set-in sleeve would normally be. They're down a little bit lower. And she has you pick up stitches and then do short rows in the main color. And then you start the stripe sequence and work decreases down to the cuff. And I didn't care for the way that looked. So Charlene and I both did some modifications. I copied Charlene's modifications, actually, and did fewer short rows. So our sleeves, where they join the body, will look different than many of the sleeves in the finished objects on Ravelry. But once we both started looking at a lot of the finished objects, some people did the same thing. Some people didn't do any short rows. So there is some variation in Ravelry for the sleeves. And some people who did all the short rows... You pointed this one out to me, almost had poofs uh-huh. in their sleeves. Yeah. It was interesting how I don't, I'm not quite sure I understand how it got poofy. Well, I think because Hohe said she used that base that stretched a lot. And so maybe theirs just didn't stretch enough. Exactly. That's they what didn't I think. use the silk yarn. Right. Yeah. So then they didn't get that. that. Makes sense. Yeah, the fabric yeah. didn't stretch there, so thus right. it looks poofy. Yeah. So I'm very glad that I didn't do as many short rows because yeah. my yarn is not as drapey, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, and I think those were all the modifications that I did. But it's a very easy knit. It's fun because you're not doing the same thing constantly. Like a mm-hmm. top-down plain stockinette would be, you know, just zen knitting. This one you had to. It was still zen knitting, but you have to think sometimes so slight patterning in the it, stripes yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed did, that I did too so I think I'm I'm looking forward to picking that one up I think again. you'll enjoy it yeah. yeah the twisted rib Charlene likes knitting that more than I do <laughs> and I have to pay closer attention when I do that so I couldn't just read a book or something while I was yeah. doing the twisted rib but that's what I expect for myself I know that I have to pay closer attention so other than that, great pattern, loved it. Like I said, I love the yarn and I can't wait until I have an opportunity to wear it. So that's the Long Summer Cardigan by Hoogie Locatelli. And we decided for this episode, because we've had a lot more people join the Ravelry group in the last year and a half, mm-hmm. and a lot more people who started knitting in the last year and a half, and thus found us because more free time or more cooped up time maybe discovered podcasting, maybe they were bored and discovered knitting, we thought it might be a good time to do a reintroduction of ourselves for (laughs) those of you who are newer listeners who didn't start back at episode one. I know a lot of you, like Carol, actually started way back at episode one, which I can't imagine having to hear the sound of my own voice (laughs) that long, but I'm so glad we've been entertaining. (laughs) I am too. So, do you want to start? Because you started knitting first. Well, I started knitting, it's hard to believe, almost 20 years ago now. See, me too. It it was shocking to actually write those numbers down. It's really shocking to consider that. And I think it has been the longest lasting continuous hobby that I have had in my life, although photography is probably a much longer lived one, but for a good portion of my life, photography was also my profession. So I don't know if I would consider, although I did photography on the side, so maybe that's the longest one, but knitting is is pretty close. <laughs> but would you say that you are a capital P photographer? Like you're a capital K knitter? Is it something that you do every day? Like we knit darn near every day? I probably don't do it I every day. But do you think about it every day? But I do think about it every day. Okay. Yes. To and me, that's the real I thing. Still, yeah. I know that I still have the the pro skills, mm-hmm. if I want to pull them out and use them. <laughs> you do. You're such a good photographer. But, yeah, both those both those are really my hobby or professional loves. And I guess since I have worked in a yarn store, 
and have done a significant amount of teaching, maybe I could call knitting somewhat of a professional endeavor as well. I don't know. I would say, yes, I think you should, because (laughs) I think of you, you're not a master knitter in the sense of the Knitting Guild of America, but you're definitely a professional that I turn to if I have a problem. I know that you'll be able to answer it. Thank you. You're welcome. You've earned that with all of your experience. (laughs) It's just a fact. (laughs) Well, so you said that photography might be a longer love. Has it been since your teen years? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because probably tween, tween, tweens. Probably, yeah. And I know that you crocheted and made baby or baby clothes, Barbie clothes Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. from an even younger age, right? That's true, too. So you've been crafting almost all your life. So I get it from my mom. My mom was a huge crafter. She did. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know how to say. She she tried everything that's out there at some time or another, and multi-craftual. Multi-craftual, absolutely. And she loved knitting, and I tried knitting because she was trying knitting. And at one point, she worked in a yarn store. I do have memories of walking to a yarn store after school to sit with my mom until she was off work, and then we'd walk home together. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yarn stores are prominent features in my life. And I don't think I started crafting until I was a teenager, my mom had a counted cross-stitch kit that had been in the closet forever, our linen closet. So I'd been eyeballing it for many years. And I don't know why, but one night when we were sitting there watching TV, I asked her if I could have it. And she said, sure, go ahead. Oh, cool. So I made a cross-stitch, I think it was a goose or a duck, that I gave to one of my aunts. And that was the beginning. And I don't think... Since then, I have ever been a TV watcher who didn't have something in my hands. Yeah. I never watched TV without, it was cross-stitch for a long time, and then it was crochet for a while, and it's been knitting for the last 20-ish years. Yeah. So I'm a long-time crafter as well, but I've had, and every craft has its devoted time. When I'm cross-stitching, I'm not doing anything else. And when Mm -hmm. I'm knitting, I'm not doing anything else. I bought those cross-stitch Christmas ornaments that I'm going to make for my grandkids. And I have no drive whatsoever to do that. All I want to do is knit. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm devoted to the craft to which I'm currently devoted. (laughs) That makes sense. I understand. And Charlene and I met long ago when... Our youngest kids were very teeny tiny because our older kids were in a gymnastics class together. And then we were at the same gym together and I was teaching stationary cycling and she was one of my regulars in my early, early 630 in the morning class a couple times a week. And we just struck up a friendship and I don't even know how it started in terms of knitting, but I remember starting quote serious knitting I had purchased knitting kits out of like the Mary Maxim catalog Mm -hmm. and tried to make intarsia baby blankets as my first knitting projects which didn't go well (laughs) and then deciding okay I've done enough counter cross stitch done enough crochet I want to try knitting and I know I'd made a baby blanket for Max so I had done some knitting before we met but I think it was my first sweater is what I was working on and consulted Charlene. I remember talking to you, you were on the EFX machine and I was asking (laughs) you questions (laughs) and that resulted in a meetup in the coffee shop with the pattern. I do remember that. Yep. And my Malabrigo worsted in Bobby blue, no continental. I think the colorway was continental. Was it? I'm pretty sure it was a very nice blue that I got at the golden fleece before they went out of business. Yeah. I vividly remember sitting in the coffee shop with you talking about hood construction (laughs) and set in sleeves and how you, the best way to figure out where to seam them is to safety pin them to different parts of the body to make Um, sure that you get your, your seaming correct. You get it all eased in properly. And someone on our Zoom call took that same advice. I think it was Brenda. 
And she said that she seemed her set in sleeves. And without that advice, it would have been much more difficult. Uh-huh. So I passed that advice on when you Yay. weren't in a Zoom meeting. <laughs> so we've been friends and pretty much knitting friends since the beginning mm-hmm. as well. And I moved to France with the family for a couple of years. And we were everyday buddies while I was in France I would look forward to waking up every morning in France, eight or nine hours ahead, and being able to check Ravelry because I joined Ravelry before I left. It was a thing right before I left, and I went to Stitches right before I left for the first time, too. I remember that, too, because you were purchasing yarn to take with you. Mm -hmm. I had my patterns, and I had my goals on what yarn I wanted so that I could bring it with me. I was very focused, (laughs) and... I remember every morning waking up, being so excited to check for email from you. Yeah, I remember that too. So we were very good friends while I was in France. And then when I got back, we started talking about starting a podcast because I think you had recommended podcasts to me while I was there. Oh, that's right. And I was listening to Stash and Burn all the time. And they're based in San Francisco. They were. Now they both live, I think, in Oakland and or San Francisco, but they don't podcast anymore right now. But they were kind of local to me. San Francisco isn't exactly Santa Cruz, obviously, but still. Mm -hmm. So listening to them made me feel less homesick. And then (laughs) when I got back, we were like, why don't we do our own podcast? And it's been almost 10 years now. Yeah. And we didn't start right away either. we We toyed with the idea for about a year. Yep. I remember we, I think we bought the domain. And then sat on it for a while. And then one day, we just said, okay, we're starting. <laughs> now we're going to do it. And, and <laughs> haven't looked back. Haven't looked back. Yeah. And Charlene came up with our segments. She was very organized from the very beginning. I would have been much more <laughs> scattered about it. So we've had the same segments from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's been fantastic. I think that my favorite part of podcasting, besides being with Charlene, is the community. All of you who listen and comment in Ravelry and join our Zooms and the community of the Yarniacs gives me so much happiness. I can't even put it into words. I'm almost going to cry. <laughs> we have a wonderful listener base and really we thank you all for listening, for participating, for commenting, for following us along this bumpy ride and I remember the last time we kind of did what I call our little knitting resume we talked about (laughs) having no exit strategy (laughs) that's right and we still don't our rule has always been as long as it's fun we're going to keep doing it and she will text each other usually Charlene texts me and asks do you still have our podcast? You still have our podcast, right? Because I still love our podcast. <laughs> That's our check-in. And the most amazing thing to me along this journey is that I think we've always thought, okay, at some point we're just going to naturally run out of things to uh-huh. talk about. And yet, no, <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> remarkable (laughs) yeah it is kind of remarkable and i think we're to the point too where we have started to revisit important things because you have to revisit some things and reiterate certain things because in in a podcast you have change a changing listener base or you have things in knitting that you want to reiterate because they're important and they should be said over and over again because perhaps we forget and we need to Uh reinforce something for ourselves. So we haven't really quite run out of things to talk about and we haven't really quite said it all yet either. So it's true. No exit strategy still. (laughs) And that being said, if you have recommendations of things you'd like to hear us talk about, yes, let us know. We're always open to new topic suggestions. I know Some of the topics we've had were listener requests, Mm -hmm. and some that are coming up are listener requests. And we love listener requests. Yes, we do. And shockingly enough, I had just texted Gail about putting some things on the calendar for the end of the year, because soon it's going to be time to work on our 2022 
editorial calendar. I'm shaking my head in disbelief <laughs> and dismay. How can it already be time to do that? It's insane. Yeah. So looking ahead, 2022 topics. We'll start putting that together yeah. soon. Yeah. Including stitches because it's supposed to happen in March. It's supposed to happen. We shall see. Yep. We shall see. Yeah. All right. So hopefully this was entertaining for those of you who haven't heard it before. And even if you have heard it before, who knows what new little interesting tidbits we threw in there. Yeah. (laughs) So as always, thank you for listening. Happy knitting. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at Yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.